Welcome to the Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where the conversation is always hot and fresh. Comfort food for your soul is always on the menu, and friends are close enough to hug. Pull up a chair. We've been waiting just for you. Welcome to Encouragement Cafe. I'm Luann Prater. And I'm Rachel Olson. And Rachel, there are days when I just feel overwhelmed. What's going on in your life? Have you felt that ever? Yeah, I. Uh, in fact, I had a, a conversation with my daughter recently where she was sort of thinking through everything that was going on in her life. She is at a new school, and in the same week that she was uh, starting a, a new at a new school, new classes, she was also moving into a new apartment with new roommates. And the, um, of course, the, the main thing that you need is a bed, right? So we had ordered a bed for her. This bed has a bottom frame. It has a bottom piece of the mattress and a top piece of the mattress. And we got a phone call that said the bottom piece of the mattress would be arriving on like Monday. The frame of the bed would be arriving on like Thursday. And the top piece of the mattress would be arriving about a week after that. <laughs> Her face, you know, as I'm telling her all this, like I could just see it, like it was, you know, washing over her. The, uh, you know, you hit the the final straw, kind of a thing. Like, what? Uh, and you know, and being the mama, I'm trying to figure out how, you know, how I, I can fix this or solve this or, you know, you know. But at the same time, I can't do anything about the three pieces of the bed and their timing. And so, like, I'm washing it wash over her face, and then I'm realizing it's washing over my face, and we're both about to slide, you know, headlong into overwhelm, you know. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and so there's, you know, going to be much crying and gnashing of teeth. So, and there was. Um, but, uh, you know, so sometimes life just gets, you know, busy and hectic like that. And I felt for her because she's trying to move in. And it reminded me of when I was uh, moving from my previous house into my current house. It was at back to school time. It just happened to be. And um, my appliances did not um, arrive on time. My furniture arrived without any legs. My countertop that they had put in, they had put in wrong and had to be redone. So I was trying to be ready for the beginning of the semester and nothing in my house functioned. <laughs> I couldn't cook. I had no countertops. I couldn't sit on a sofa. It had no legs and would wobble off to the side. Um, it was just nuts. And so, you know, I, as I watched her kind of go into that overwhelm of none of this is going to plan and it's not going to be ready in time. Um, I, you know, I just felt for her because I've been there. It's just overwhelming. It is. Life is overwhelming. And I believe that in our society, it is getting more and more uh, intense in, in just trying to keep up with everything that we try to uh, accomplish. And so when something doesn't go as planned, it can really throw our day off and then our mood off, and then you kind of get into a spiral. I, I know when I get overwhelmed, it's usually when I know I should know something, and yet I don't. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I know I put my glasses down. Where did I put them? Or recently, you know, we, we travel a lot. 
And recently, I had made several trips uh, for health reasons back to uh, my mother-in-law. I had been on trips with family. And so my things seemed to be everywhere. And then I was getting ready for another upcoming trip. And I could not touch my Bible. And I was beside myself. I was up at five in the morning and I was so uh, accustomed to just being able to pull out my Bible and do my quiet time. Now I have other Bibles. And so oftentimes when I can't touch my favorite Bible, I'll, you know, just go get another one. But there was something gnawing at me like, oh my goodness, did I leave that on one of the trips? Could it be in New York City? Could it be in Indiana? Could it be in Kentucky? I don't know where my Bible is. And all of a sudden, it was like I could not focus on anything else except looking for my crazy Bible. And this Bible has traveled with me on all my speaking events. So it has all my notes. It has like if somebody called me to speak today, I could go do it because I have everything I need to to talk on a lot of different topics. And so there's just a, a sense of comfort, you know, from all the notes you've made in that Bible. It's like part of you. And all of a sudden, I couldn't, I couldn't rest. I couldn't function until I found that Bible. And I looked in the bookcase. I looked in the drawers. I looked uh, in my office. I looked in my suitcases. Everywhere I would normally look and lay my Bible. And it was nowhere. And I started to feel like maybe all hope was gone. Like I sat down in my chair and I got weepy because I was like, I don't know where it is. And I don't know where else to look. And my husband then gets up. It's like seven. Two hours have gone by. I've been searching the house. And he gets up and says, hey, babe, how you doing? And I said, I can't find my Bible. And he was like, what? What What Bible? There's plenty of Bibles. <laughs> he doesn't, he, but he knows I have my favorite. I said, my favorite Bible. And he said, did you look in our new table that's beside your chair with the drawer? Now, Rachel, I totally forgot that that new table had a little drawer under it. And I pulled the drawer open and there was my Bible more and more we have these moments of overwhelm because you know we are moving at such a busy pace in life we have long to-dos and you know you were describing all the trips that you were going on and all that all of that's disruption to your to your normal routines and you had a new table and you know, you've never looked in that table for that Bible before ever before so true um but yeah, so our, our to-do lists get long and we get busy and maybe we're not super well rested or we don't have any downtime to kind of exhale and recalibrate and gear up for the next thing as we go from one thing to the other. And so it's easy to feel like it's easy to get overwhelmed and it's easy to feel like there's not enough time. Um, I don't have enough whatever, you know, fill in the blank. I don't have enough time. I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have the memory. I don't have the used to have. I don't have, you know, whatever it might be. Um, It's easy to get overwhelmed with our to-do list and start to feel like I can't get it all done. 
um, or when we think we're getting it all done and then something goes awry, we can't find the Bible or the bed frame's gonna arrive two weeks after the mattress or whatever, um, then we unwind, we unravel, you know, into panic. Absolutely, and we all do it. And, and so I guess my hope for this time period of, a, of our show is to say, how can we not feel like we're inadequate or we're losing it and how do we get past that overwhelmed feeling well there are at least four <laughs> that i know of main sources of overwhelm in my life so first of all is to kind of figure out where is this coming from and i just mentioned one of them which is when we're super busy when we're going from trip to trip or living out of suitcases or we're moving from one place to another, um, when our to-do list gets very long and we're, we're overtired um, and over busy, over scheduled, um, we get overwhelmed because there's just way too much over in that sentence. You can't, you're going to be overwhelmed mm. when you're over busy, over scheduled, over tired. Um, so, but the second source of it for, for me, and I think probably for a lot of us, is perfectionism. When we're trying to have it all go perfectly, and it won't, it never will. Um, so sometimes we get overwhelmed because we're trying so hard to control everything to make it be like the um, image we have in our head for how it should be or how we want it to be. And mm. I can get overwhelmed when things aren't going, going to plan um, and it's no longer going to be perfect and I can't seem to let go of the vision in my head for how it's supposed to be. Ooh, uh, that preaches right there, sweetheart, because I know uh, my, I do that, but I know a lot of my friends do that as well. The ones that are detail-oriented girls that, really want to make sure that it, it, you don't do it unless you're doing it to perfection. And so that is overwhelming. I get that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So perfectionism is the, the second kind of category of overwhelm for me or source of overwhelm for me. The third one, and it's kind of related to the, to the first two, is comparison is when I look at what other people are doing or how they're doing it, or at least how they appear to be doing it from my vantage point. And for them, it seems that they're handling their to-do list. They're getting lots of stuff done that I wish I was getting done, and they appear to be doing it really well. And then I just feel defeated before I start and overwhelmed because I'm never going to match that. Well, I know that we all fall into that comparison trap, but here's what I know. I know a lot of people that are successful and the people that I know will tell you it's all smoke and mirrors because it may appear like everything is smooth like a duck on the surface of the water but they are paddling like crazy underneath just like you and I and they're they have the parts that are noticeable that are look looking beautiful on the outside uh, don't always reflect what's happening behind closed doors or in their tough moments of life where they're wanting to pull their hair out and feeling just as overwhelmed as you and I. Yeah, we never get to see into other people's um, 
the inner parts of their life, the moments when they are in their bed with the covers pulled over their head, crying out for mercy, right? We don't see that. We just see them once they're right. once they're dressed with their concealer on <laughs> and their hair coiffed walking out the door to live their <laughs> life. That's what we see. But um, yeah, so the so the t- long to do list will you know get me overwhelmed if I'm overextended. The perfectionism will will get me overwhelmed if I'm trying to control things or have things be perfect, and nothing is ever ever perfect except Jesus. Um, the comparison will send me into overwhelm if I'm trying to keep up with someone. Um, and different people have different energy levels, and they're at different stages of life than I'm at. So you know, if I am battling the flu and I am home with three kids under the age of seven, I cannot possibly set the same standards for productivity for myself that someone else who's in perfect health and has not got kids in the home. You know, I just can't accomplish the same number of things. And so the comparison gets me into trouble when I think that I should be able to maybe operate at the same pace as someone else. And then the last one is a really big one that uh, I think that does we don't really realize causes us overwhelm. And that is that we just have so many options, so many choices. And on the one hand, this is a great thing. We're living in a time of unprecedented opportunities um, for what we can do, what we can learn, where we can go. You know, you can hop on a plane and go to New York City or or Indiana or, you know, um, we we can move, we can live here, we can live there, we can go to college, we can take this job, we can change jobs. Um, You know, even just to walk in Barnes & Noble, uh, there's, you know, 50,000 books there for me to choose from if I'm just trying to choose a book to read on the plane, right? So we have so many options. Right. We have so much stuff in our home, you know, um, you, you need dishes, you're, you're recently married, you're starting your house and you need dishes. Well, there are 15 different stores in your hometown probably that you could go to to buy a set of dishes. And in each set of those, each of those stores, there are probably 15 different sets and patterns and colors to choose from. And so all of that winds up being a little bit overwhelming, even though it's great to have so many options and so many dishes and I get to pick the ones that I want. Um, at the same time, it takes a toll. In 2004, this book came out by the psychologist Barry Schwartz called The Paradox of Choice. And it basically was, was showing us through some research that he had done that the more choices we have, the more paralyzed or overwhelmed we feel because we're trying to make the best choice. And the more and more options we get, the more mental weighing we have to do to decide which one is going to be the best choice. And so it gets overwhelming. Well, that is definitely true. And I see that playing out in my kids, my grown kids. Sometimes can be, I love them to death, but sometimes they can be paralyzed by uh, all the different choices. And so they have a hard time pulling the trigger and saying, okay, this is the one. This is what we're going to do. And and sometimes as mom, <laughs> if I happen to be in the mix when we're talking about, you know, planning for a birthday party or what we're going to do at Christmas or the family vacation or something, sometimes if I see everybody struggling with, wow, there are so many places we could go and there's so many things we could do, somebody finally has to say, all right, here's what we're doing. 
because, and sometimes that falls on me because I see them spinning their wheels for so long that that we're approaching the time and nothing has been decided. So uh, I I sometimes then get you know that label of mom, you know, but. But you, you, somebody eventually has to pull the trigger and say, okay, this is what's happening. Yeah. Well, you know, in Swartz's book, he references the work of another psychologist, Herbert Simon from the 1950s, who uh, also looked at this psychological stress that comes from having so many choices and trying to decide. And he has these uh, two terms that he uses to describe two different camps of people, the maximizers and the satisficers. So I tend to be the maximizer, and this how is how he talks about the maximizer. He says they're like a perfectionist, someone that wants to be assured that their every decision or purchase is the best that it could be, that they're going to choose the best option. And the way that a maximizer knows for certain that they are making the best choice is to carefully consider all the alternatives, um, which can make a can become a daunting task with all the choices that we have. Um, so then the the other camp he deca- he calls the satisficers, and a satisficer has some criteria and some standards, but a satisficer is not worried about the possibility that there might be something better. They have sort of a a minimum threshold of standards, and that doesn't mean it's a low threshold. They just have a a certain set set of standards, and when they find an option that reaches that threshold, they go with it, Um, and they don't second-guess their choice. So that's what I'm trying to do is kind of move away from being a maximizer because it comes with overwhelm so often and becomes this satisficer, you know, the person who finds something that will satisfy me and suffice and save me the time and the stress and the overwhelm of trying to sort through every possible option to find the best course. Well, you know what I've discovered? I, I think I used to be probably more of a maximizer in my uh major career time of my life and now I am the satisficer because I've discovered that when I go ahead and decide I'm going to do this it not only relieves the stress but it also opens the door for maybe something I've not even uh, thought of yet you know like I will I will not exhaust all of my options I'll pick one of the options and then watch so many unknown things unfold that I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not, but I learn both ways. And I, I, I try never to get upset with the things that go totally off the rails from me deciding that option. I go, okay, well, now I've learned how not to do that. Let me give you an example. We, uh, we planned a trip with two of our favorite buds uh, to go to Alaska. And I ended up making the plans. So I researched and tried to make the best decision for all of us. But I learned that it, when I made our plane reservations, I used their credit card to buy their tickets 
on the way there and our credit card to use our tickets. Well, when changes started to happen, I had no control over the changes because I couldn't go in. I didn't get their emails from the airline. And so I had made our reservations to fly home all together. And it made life so much easier because one person could make all the decisions. So I said, okay, I have learned a valuable lesson. I'm not going to get upset for having to be on the phone for hours on end. I'm just going to say, I'm not going to do it that way the next time. I've learned and I'm going to move on. Oh, because they were booked under two different names and cards when they... You're talking about when they and emails they canceled and all of that. flights or mm-hmm. changed times. You two weren't kept. To, you're, the two groups weren't kept together, right? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So it made it really confusing and difficult. But instead of getting upset about it, I was like, okay, well, that was an option we chose going on the trip. But on the way home, we chose to do it all together. And that has been so much easier. So I've learned, okay. Sometimes I have to make those choices and then I sit back and learn something new and I go, oh, okay, that unfolded a little differently than I expected, but I learned from it. You know, what I'm, what I'm learning is trying to take that, um, <laughs> take that approach. First of all, getting upset or beating yourself up over having made this decision or done it this way, it serves no good purpose. It doesn't change what the airlines are doing. It doesn't change, you know, all, all you need to do, the faster that you can kind of make peace and deal with whatever the current situation is, the better off you are. And the more time you spend lamenting and stressing and right. second guessing. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've learned is I'm trying to constrain my options from the start. I'm trying to not look up every possible dish pattern I could possibly choose from because that's going to overwhelm me. I try to just, you know, so maybe I'm just going to pick one store and say I'm going to choose dishes from whatever this selection is. So constrain my options at the start. Then I'm trying to make uh, set a time by which I will make a decision because I can research and rethink and reconsider and make up a whole new pro-con list. Like, so I'm trying to set a deadline. I will decide on this by this, this point in time. And then this is a big one for me. I'm trying to, once I make a decision, not second guess it and not change it. So this is what I say. I'm going to pick these dishes and I'm going to live with them for at least a year. I'm not going to second guess them. I'm not going to go look at other dishes. I'm not going to lament them. I'm going to live with these for at least a year. At the end of the year, if these dishes aren't working great for us, then I'll give myself the possibility to get a different, make a different choice. But I'm trying to not second guess it and set a period of time for which I will not second guess this. And then lastly, once that period of time passes, give my Self the permission to make a change if it's truly not working out. Because, Lou, I tend to do the opposite. I tend to make a decision, second guess it right away, <laughs> undo it right away, never mm-hmm. really give that chance, a, a, that decision a chance to take hold and, and become good. Um, and then I also tend to do the opposite. If I've been, if I've had things a certain way for a long time, I've put a lot of time or effort or money into it, then I tend to feel like I can't change it because I'm, there's sunk costs. I'm too far in now. So um, 
I'm trying to flip all that. Make mm. the decision, make it by a certain point in time, decide that it's going to be a good decision, that you're going to live with this decision happily for a particular period of time. And when that t time comes, give yourself permission to change it if need be, if possible. That's my new approach. I love it. I love it. And the fact is we all get overwhelmed, but I hope that Rachel gave you some tools today to maybe minimize the times that you're overwhelmed. And I want to add one last thing. Always have a friend. Always have a friend that you can confide in that will say, you're not crazy. Because can I just tell you, Rachel has done that for me on more than one occasion <laughs> where she says, no, you're not crazy. You've just got a busy life. So if you don't have that person that you can just be real with, I encourage you to find them. Hey, may the God of hope give you the courage to encourage others and don't feel overwhelmed. We'll see you back here next week. Thanks for joining us today at Encouragement Cafe with Luann and Friends, where women gather, friends laugh, and hearts mend. Let's continue our conversation. Hop online when you get a chance to sit down and breathe at encouragementcafe.com. Remember, this is God's ministry, so we ask for your prayers as we reach out to women in Jesus' name. We'll see you back here next week where we fill you up one cup at a time.